Yes, people, what's going on? It's episode 291 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? Are you well? Uh, it's Sunday, the what? It's, it's Carnival weekend. It's that Sunday, Sunday, the 28th of August. I'm back home. I've been home since Friday morning. Because this week I've been in Edinburgh, as you knew from Sunday's recording, last episode of in Edinburgh. Um, how was my time in Edinburgh, you ask? It was good, it was fun. Um, it was market research. Essentially what the plan is, is for me to debut next year. Um, which is this weird catch-22 of it, because it's like, I don't want to go to Edinburgh, but I really want to go to Edinburgh. Like, it's a big waste of money, but it doesn't have to be a big waste of money. If you make it successful, you can be up. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's one of those ones where, you you know, you, could, you can make your money. Um, so, yeah, but it just seemed, it was fun. It was good. It was good to do the market research. It was good to understand elements of, of Edinburgh that I would do, I would have overlooked, you know. One thing that seems to help is having the bloody following online. <laughs> that helps. That helps is uh, a lot of people. Then so you didn't have much of a following, but um, you know they, they got good reviews and whatever. So that's the thing. If you haven't got a following, then what you need to do is get in there first week. Get reviewers in, get two or three reviews in first week. Good reviews. And that sets the ball rolling. That sets the ball rolling for you. Um, yeah, and then this year I've just got to have some credits to slap onto the poster, whether that's competition credits, whether that's TV work. So I can just slap on as seen on on the poster. That's what this year is about, while also writing a show. <clears throat> and then if I don't have all those things in place, then, you, you know, it dictates what strategy you take in, in Edinburgh. But it was good, man. It's good to go. Be a part of it, understanding where these venues are, you know, the upside and downside of each venue. And, um, yeah, man, it was a great experience. Do what's funny, though, obviously I wasn't performing. I got there Sunday morning. And by Tuesday morning, I'd lost my voice because <laughs> I'm not used to drinking, right? So Sunday night, um, should have gone to bed because you know I'd been up since uh, four that morning. I've been up since four. Been up since four. Didn't go to bed till two. I went to um, you know artists of color event. So I was like, alright, I'm up, show my face, you know, at the Artists of Colour event. Then, uh, you know, woke up for breakfast, because that's the type of guy I am, I, you know, I'm going to get my breakfast. Uh, yeah, I've paid for it, so I'm getting my money's worth, you're fucking crazy. I got from breakfast, so probably had, what, five hours, six hours sleep. Um... Which I felt alright with. Then that night, you know, I find out I bump into a comedian friend of mine, shout out Alex, I bump into her. 
and uh, I'd always been invited by another queen called Ali to this Dave party. The Dave party, as in the TV show, Dave, the guys who hand out the awards. Um, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I ain't been invited. Because I'm like, so just blag your way in. I was like, I can't, I can't bear to be flicked at the door. One, I'm not a 17-year-old trying to get into a nightclub. And two, I've got peers that will be inside. I just don't want someone having to come out so he can come in with me. I was just like, no, I'd rather not go. So I was like, cool. That's that's when Ali invited me. Then I was bumping into Alex and she's... And I go, oh, yeah, if you... um Actually, not even that. I bump into two other comedians, Steve and Vittorio. And they're talking about this Dave party. And they're like, well, you two are performing. They've actually been invited. I'm like, ah, right, cool, cool, cool. Then I get to his party. I get to, sorry, not party. I get to a gig and see Alex. And uh, I see you heard about this Dave party. Because, yeah, yeah, I've got an invite. And I was like, hold on. How goes you got an invite? Because she's coming, but she wasn't performing up in. She didn't bring a show to Edinburgh that, this year. And then she said, Yousef's sent me an invite. Now, you guys got to understand who Yusuf is. Yusuf is her agent. Who's also my agent. <laughs> so, hold on. You got the... In- hey, I messaged Yusuf straight away. I didn't even message him about that. I just said, hey, how's it going? Sorry, I've been shit. But in Edinburgh, you should go for a drink sometimes. You go, yeah, yeah, sure. By the way, you should come to this party. Um, I've been meaning to send you the invite. And I was like, hmm. And I said, will my name be on the list or will I have to say that I'm coming with you? He goes, no, 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 your name's on the door. Your name's actually on the door. I was like, oh, all right then. Fine. (laughs) I'll go to this stupid party that's free drink and free food. And yeah, we went to the party and the party ended at one. So that's that's a sensible time. And at one, go home, be fresh. No. After the, as we're walking out, Darren doesn't drink often, but he was drinking that night. So I didn't drink that that first party because I thought I hadn't enough sleep. I'll be a mess. This party, I'm like, I'm here now. Let's drink. Um, it's one o'clock. We're leaving the venue, and there's just a buzz. Everyone's outside, and they're going, "Where are we going?" One group say attic, another group say abattoir. Well, we're going to sorry, not attic, sorry, loft. We're going to the loft. We're going to the abattoir. We're going to the loft. We're going to the abattoir. Do you know which one I went to? Both. I went to both. That's right. I went to loft first. Yeah. They realised no one was there. Then went to abattoir. Everyone was there. Abattoir kicked us out at three o'clock. Go home. No, we all went back to loft. Kicked us out at five. They actually lied. They didn't even kick us out, I don't think. But we left. <laughs> I'm walking home. I'm walking home. It's time to go home. Uh, who's on the corner? Emmanuel say, hey, we're trying to get McDonald's. We're going to get a cab to McDonald's to get McDonald's. I was like, it's five o'clock. Go to bed. Into bed. I missed breakfast that morning. But I've got a condition where as soon as sunlight hits my face, I wake up. It's annoying. Really, really annoying. So, um, but that's what happens. So I wake up at about 10. Five hours sleep. Not feeling great. Voice gone. But guess what? Tuesday is the day that I stupidly 
have booked in to watch a show that starts at midnight. So again, another long day. Leave that one o'clock. Time to go home. No, I go to another party. <laughs> the 3 a.m. And I, I leave. I leave at 2.30. I leave party at 2.30. Like I'm sensible, guys. All right, guys. I'm calling it a day now. At 2.30. Oh, so boring. But now my brain goes, you missed breakfast yesterday. So I wake up for breakfast on Wednesday morning. Dumb. And then uh, Wednesday night. Did I go out Wednesday night? What was I doing Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Wednesday night was been Darius's show. That I would have been with Mike. But did we go out then? Did we go? I don't think we did. Maybe we did. We must have just headed to Loft. Maybe that's all we did. We just headed to Loft Bar that day. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yes, I didn't go out Thursday night. I was sensible Thursday. So we went to Loft. Yeah, then we didn't actually stay out that late. That was reasonable. I recovered. And then Thursday night, I actually gigged Thursday. I gigged in the daytime, in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. And I ended up chatting too much with people. Didn't get back into half 12. Had to wake up at four o'clock to catch my flight Friday morning. And I guess what I couldn't do Thursday night, Friday morning, sleep. So I'd technically been awake from 8 a.m. Thursday, didn't sleep Friday night or, I mean, Thursday night or Friday morning, got up, left my hotel at 4, got onto my flight at 6.20, and I didn't sleep on the plane either. Um, and yeah, I got home. And then guess what I did Friday night? Gigged in London twice. So I didn't really sleep. Luckily, my wife let me sleep uh, Saturday morning. She let me sleep Saturday morning, which was very kind of her. And here we are, Sunday. Now I'm back in a normal routine, not murdering myself with being a social butterfly, when in fact I'm an antisocial moth. But all I know is next year, if, when I bring up, take a show there, I will not be drinking like that. Definitely not the first two weeks. I need to make sure that show is, you know, impenetrable. I mean, I've got to be in absolute game mode. But it's crazy, though. I've just got show ideas in my head. But it's cool. But, yeah, that's what I've done this week. I've been in an absolute bubble. That's what Edinburgh's like as well. It's like a bubble. It's weird. It's a weird place. Weird energy. I mean, it's great, but it's like it's, it's a world of its own. And seeing everyone in the final week, because I've come in the final week just for a party. Seeing everyone else who's been there since the beginning of August, they are drained and mash up. There's like, everyone who's in a good mood is, is like, they're, they're still at like 60% energy though. Like, yeah, man, how you doing? So good to see you, man. <laughs> they're saying all the right words, but the eyes are dead. They are knackered. So, yeah, so I've got that, man, to think about. I've got that to think about. 
Um, yeah, what has been going on in the world? What has been happening? Uh, yeah, that's my time in Edinburgh, but I don't think there's anything that's happened. Uh, Tottenham won today, which is lovely. Um, we're going to get a new Prime Minister next week, which is cool. Yeah, um, who's that? Comedian Blue, number one tinker. Who is this guy? Who are you? Sorry, you know, someone just follows you on on uh, on social media, and you just don't know who they are. So they want you to follow them back, but I don't know if you're some weird virus thing. Anyway, let's uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, wow. Off-gem to be sued over 8% hike to energy price cap. Let's read this. Press Group said it plans to sue Off-gem over its 8% price cap rise, which it says will devastate families this winter. Um, the Press Group, Good Law Project, has said it plans to sue off-gen for 8%. Here's what that means. Is this a thread? Do I keep scrolling down or are people just going to keep repeating? Right, okay, let's actually click on the link for the story. Um, the press group said, oh, okay, fuck it. Yeah, so off-gen said the energy price cap on Friday up in the average... So often raised the energy price cap on Friday, up in the average household spend to three and a half thousand a year. Director of the Good Law Project, uh, Jolion Morgan, said their legal action was the first of its kind against an energy regulator. Do not be fooled. This is a choice, Mr. Morgan said. Um, and the choice they've made is to let low income consumers and small businesses bear the brunt of this crisis, said the QC. We believe Ofgem can and should do more. We intend to put the question before the High Court and will ask for a fast-track timeline to reflect the urgency of this crisis. The Good Law Project said it would ask the High Court to ensure the regulator upholds its legal duties to, among other things, carry out an impact assessment that includes assessing the disproportionate impact on elderly people, children and people with disabilities before confirming the price cap increase. Um, right, so are they actually going to sue them? Let's see. That would be interesting, right? If you sue a regulator. I mean, I guess, yeah, what are they regulating? Like, I've been telling this joke on stage about the energy prices. That I just don't... That it's just like, it's just, it's crazy. I understand it a bit more now because at first I didn't. I thought I don't understand how this cap keeps rising. But I heard that it's it's not like it's not your sh- um. So so your EVFs and those guys, it's the the prices increase on the other side, right? 
So who they're buying from, the price has gone sky high. So what's actually happened was that once it went to increase a certain level, only the biggest six energy suppliers could absorb doing that, absorb selling, um, you know, bearing some of the brunt of the price um, increase. Whereas the smaller energy companies, which is every single stupid named one, like I was with, like Zebra Power, they couldn't afford the price increase. Therefore, they all folded. Hence why there's like six big dogs remaining. Right? Um, who, is it? who would it be? N Power, EDF, British Gas, Scottish and Southern Electric. Um, they say EDF. EDF and Powers, yeah. Um, and then the others will be people who do different things like Total and Shell. Uh, they do energy, which obviously they can offset it against, you know, petrol and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's where I was, just those big ones. Oh, Octopus Energy, who do like real estate and all different things as well. So they're, they're diversified. And um, and they're the ones who could afford to stay afloat. That's all the shit ones disappeared because they haven't actually pa- passed on the whole price increase. However, the price increase they have passed on is killing us. Do I find ironic here? Yeah, as well about this energy thing is that lots of people got Teslas, got it because it's cheap to petrol, and it's super cool to have an electric car. But the price of petrol is one thing that did put a lot of people off, right? Now, the price of electricity, mate, it probably still won't cost as much as it would to fill up an actual tank of petrol. But the point remains. Ah, shit, what is that? What did I just knock down the sides of my car? Is it my case? Is it my phone case? Oh, yeah, it is. I've got it. Got him. Um, all right. Okay. Is there anything that's happening in the world that's worth looking at? No, 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 no. No! God, I'm flipping knackered. Not as bad as I've been previous days, so I cannot complain. Right, um... So I think that's what I'm going to find. That's in news... Uh... Um right. Anyway. Let's um let's get into it, Deirdre. Because the pace of this pod is dreadful. <laughs> oh dear man. Come on, it's a 300 episode soon, isn't it? What was that eight weeks' time? It'll be 300 episodes. Oh dear, what are we gonna do? Could, maybe I'll do a vote online. What should I do for the 300 episodes? Should I? No, should I have lots of guests? Should I go visual? Should I just end the pod? <laughs> Something, uh, something special for three hundred. Um, right. 
Oh, let's read this one. Perfect parenting. This isn't actually a dear Deirdre. Well, it is dear Deirdre, but it's not a dilemma. Um, I just want to see what the... Basically, it's... The number one reasons why mums and dads disagree revealed. So... So the son parent service is 75% of parents are together, 20% are separated, and then uh, I guess that's 5% other. What they argue about, 51% said of, 51% of parents argue more since having kids, okay. And what they argue about, 42% discipline, 23% uh, money and opportunities, 9% table manners, um, 8% said chores 12% said their friends and 1% their sexuality um yes I guess you know discipline doesn't uh, everything to argue about in my house because you know kids a baby I wonder if it'll be one of those things that will because I know you mean only disagree on something, so I can imagine a disciplinary happening and one just contradicts the other. And then Zadie exploits the crack in the parents. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, anyway, I thought it would be more interesting than that. Let's get to Dear Deirdre. Uh, oh, right, dear Deirdre, my loving no, sorry, dear Deirdre, my lying husband has been living a secret life with lover for 15 years. Now she's pregnant, dear Deirdre, my lying husband has been leading a double life for the past 15 years. I don't know how people do this, but you know, fair play. Uh, the truth came out last month when he announced uh, he bought a flat and was moving out. Oh, raw. An affair I thought had ended more than a decade ago has been going strong and now they're settling, setting up home ahead of the birth of their new baby. Jesus. I'm 42 and my husband 46. I was devastated when I discovered he was cheating with a colleague just as I became pregnant with our second daughter, 14 years ago golly uh there because that's the thing there's never a right time to cheat in your partner's life but there's um oh shit i can't know what it's one of them ones guys it's one of them ones but <laughs> oh well i fell asleep while talking um I feel like I said there's never a right time to cheat in your partner's life. Who was going to say? Well, then why was I going to say that? Is it because she was pregnant with the second child? I think that's it. That's what I was going to say. There's never a right time to cheat, but it's definitely a wrong time. You know... If your uh, partner's going through a bereavement, uh, you just had a kid, or your partner's pregnant, um, 
yeah, those are like the wrong times. I said there's no right time, but there's definitely wrong times. Uh, your partner's going through a health issue. Wrong time. Wrong time. Perfect opportunities, but wrong time. Anyway, their year had been going on for two years. He blamed it on struggling with our first baby and the pressure of providing for the family. God. I couldn't believe he made me pregnant while having sex with another woman. As in, what? I read that wrong. I get what she means now. I thought she was trying to say he had sex with another woman. That's how she got pregnant. So that's not how it works. Um, I told him I couldn't trust him, but he begged to stay together. It was weird. So, sorry. So he carried on. Jesus. Um, I never fully forgave him, though. We weren't a couple. But were two parents living together. And unbeknown to me, the affair began again. His love, now 38, has split up with her partner and she's eight months pregnant with my husband's child. I have read many WhatsApp messages between them and what he has painted. And where he has painted an awful picture of me and made himself look like a fantastic dad. It's mad. Plus, I'd be really competitive about the parenting. Uh, oh, not really, really competitive about it, isn't it? Um, anyway. Like, yeah, like, why do you have to paint your ex to be a complete shit? Let me just say, it's not these ex, they're living together, right? Remember when I was single and I'd be dating girls and I asked about my ex or my exes, and I always felt like I was just really respectful about them, you know, didn't slag them off. Shows a bit of personal accountability in the breakdowns, never one-sided. And I think that's the way you should talk about your exes. Anyway. I can't forgive all the deceit. I told my daughters, now 17 and 15, about their dad. I felt they needed to know why we didn't get on, why their dad was so moody, and why he all and why he was always on the phone. Our daughters don't have a good relationship with him. My husband wants them to be a part of his new family and his partner wants to meet me. I'm horrified at this. Um, they've destroyed my life and they want me to accept their new life. <sighs> my girls don't want to be a part of it either, but should I encourage them to be part of the dad's new family? Am I being unfair? No, here's the thing. You, you're actually going to try to encourage her to go. So, no. Nothing wrong. Uh, oh, dear. Right. Jesus Christ. It's time for bed, man. Fucking falling apart. There's so much shit to do in the house. There's always toys to tidy up because this girl's flipping a hurricane. Oh, dear. Oh, man. All right, all right. Not forgotten. I am longing to see ex-girlfriend who dumped me without reason decades ago. I mean, maybe she forgot about you, mate, and you can date her again. Start anew. Who did that happen with me? No joke. I'm trying to remember where. Anyway, point I was making was that it was someone that I fancied for a while, like from back in the day, 
that I saw them on a night out and they didn't really recognise me. Like, this is years after. And, um, no, actually, that isn't the story I was going to tell. So I was going to tell, no, <laughs> incorrect. Story was, it was online dating. That was it. I swiped with someone who clicked on their profile, matched them, and they were like, oh, hey, how are you? They talked to me like, all, like I'm a brand new person. Whereas, meanwhile, I remember talking to them either on that app or another app, and the conversation went left. But I already knew their personality now because I remember the conversation. And so the conversation went much easier. And that's the end of that story. You don't need to know how well the date went. <laughs> anyway. Um, not forgotten. I'm going to see an ex-girlfriend who dumped me without reason. Decades ago, I have... Um, I've been to see a previous girlfriend, my first love, even though I have not set eyes on her for decades. Well, be easy, bro. People age differently. I'm a 60-year-old man. I've started a relationship with my girlfriend in the early 70s when we were teenagers. Oh, so that's the decade, not an age. Sorry. I'm a 62-year-old man, and I started a relationship with my girlfriend in the early 70s when we were teenagers. <laughs> I'm really saying his missus is in her early 70s. Anyway. Um, we were together for six months until she ended things without giving a reason. I moved abroad for almost a year when I was asked, well, no, when I was 25, but wrote to my ex and she replied asking to meet when I returned. We eventually met and spent a wonderful evening together. I told her that I had got a job in Singapore and would be leaving again in a month. I hope she might move I hope she might move out with me, but before I left she dumped me again with no explanation. I think the explanation is you moved to Singapore, bro. Um I met my future wife while out there, yet I've never forgotten about my first love. I love to see her again, but I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do. Um if you're still married, then certainly not. Um, right, next one. Jesus Christ, I can't remember anything I'm saying. I need to go to bed. I need to go to bed. I need to go to bed. Um, let's see. Uh, nope, 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 nope. No, this can't be real. Yes, this this one's mad. Dear Deirdre, my partner said he was on a work trip for two uh, work trip two months ago, but he had actually got married and built honeymoon. <laughs> Fuck, your partner. You're the side chick. He's got married. You don't marry a side chick if you've got two. That's that's the wife over there. My partner said he was on a work trip two months ago, uh, but he had actually got married and been on honeymoon. Our relationship has become a bit predictable, but we still had regular sex and nice days out with our two young sons. 
I'm 32, he's 37, our sons are 4 and 2. When he returned from his work trip, he blamed me for his cheating, saying I wouldn't have let myself go and didn't pay him enough attention. What? So when he returned from his work trip, he blamed me oh yeah, for his cheating, saying that I had let myself go and didn't pay him enough attention. Okay, okay, we're back in. He then told me that he traded up for a better model. It didn't stop there. He said that his wife, who is who's, um, 27, is absolutely stunning and makes me feel special. Is what I was saying, so. Okay, yeah, right. Apparently, this woman was a barmaid he'd met on a golf trip, and they had been seeing each other for six months. Golly. He told me all this, then marched upstairs and packed his games console and his clothes and drove off out of my life. The thing is, we always talked about getting married, but when we had kids, there always seemed something better to spend our money on. Mutual friends have told me that he has moved into a new build home on the other side of a small town and his wife has a has plenty of family money. My sons are really missing him and I don't even know how I feel. Sometimes when it comes to sometimes when he comes to visit the boys I beg him to come home. But other times I'm so angry with him I refuse to let him in uh, now he's accusing me of stopping him from seeing his children surely he can't just show up when he likes I'm a mess and need to start talking I need to start getting a grip for the kids sake um, look it's, it's a state it's a state I mean he needs to be back in his kids life right but I don't think you and this woman need to meet. I guess you do. She's going to be in the house when your kids are there. So, yeah, I guess she does have to meet. Yeah. Jesus. Tell you, man. Sorry. Right now, somewhere house, there's a junction that I keep hearing screeches. And like I said, some guy ended up in, in the bush because of the way they drive. Anyway, Jesus, guys, I've been rabbiting on and I'm flipping knackered. I'm knackered, I'm knackered. I didn't even mention I was at a festival today as well, at Lost Village Festival performing. Two hours there, on stage for 25 minutes, two hours back. Golly. Left my house at 9.30, uh, got there for 12, got on stage at 1, left at 2, and two hours back, 4. Jeez. Busy day, man. But yeah, I'm just so busy, guys. Not busy, tired. I can't even say the words. I'm just so tired. So, so tired. All right. Anyway, piss off. I love you.